When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? L.J. doing good as we approach ever so closely to the trade deadline. It is uh, now about four days away. Uh, It's safe to say the trade action is really heating up. A lot of big names on the market, a lot of guys that are interested to see where they land, but certainly a very exciting week uh, to ensue here. Yeah, it's easy to say that this is a very exciting week. I can make, I can pretty comfortably make the statement that this week will be and this past week has been hotter than the hot stove has gotten in maybe four years. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, this is probably the hottest the hot stove has gotten. Even if you consider the 2020 off season free agency. I mean, I, I would have to say that during the off season, the stove didn't get as hot as, uh, oh, the, the stove hasn't the, the off season. I mean, I'm talking about the off season. Yeah. I mean, I can't, can't remember a off season that has actually been satisfactory since at least maybe 2016, 17. Yeah, that's fair. It, I mean, no, 2019 off season, there was some big contracts. So there was big contracts, but it took like 
three months between each one because nobody is willing to pay them, pay them up front. Which I mean, I get it. So again, smart by the teams, but it's an absolute pain for these people who want to watch things do things go. And it's it sucks for the off season so far. Lately, have sucked for the fans. Hopefully, it'll get better. I don't see it getting better, but fingers crossed. Anyway, we have. Um, not sure if you just caught this Graham Wallace's recent tweet. Go check out um, our episode with him from a couple of days ago. We did some extra content and talked some trades with him 11 minutes ago. It feels like the Red Sox never lose. You love to see it. But right now we're talking about another championship contender, and that is the Oakland A's. As according to a source, the A's are nearing a deal for Chicago Cubs lefty Andrew Chafin. Uh, Chafin, of course, has a 206 ERA and 0.84 whip this year for Chicago, has been in a lot of seventh and eighth inning situations for them for one of the best late game combinations in the league right now. They'll be sending triple A outfielder Greg Diekman, Oakland's number nine prospect, according to MLB Pipeline. It looks like there could be some serious chafing in Oakland coming for for us soon brandon what do you think love it uh for for oakland look uh as of right now the only real left-hander in that bullpen has been jake deepman who has been very good but now this gives them a second option and i mean we've talked a lot about the cubs bullpen combinations and how they love to use Andrew Chafin, Ryan Tapera, Craig Kimbrell all on the same night. I mean, Andrew Chafin has been lights out this year. I don't really like to use re- reliever ERA, uh, and I'll explain that when we get on to the Yankees trade. And no, it's not just because I'm trying to mask uh, that trade whatsoever. Uh, I just feel like there's there's a lot better stats to look at. Uh, a reliever's ERA can get very inflated just based on a couple of outings when like right now, Andrew Chapin, you said that he has a 2.06 ERA. He's pitched a lot better than, than that ERA would indicate. He has been absolutely lights out. I mean, he's only allowed runs in like four or five outings this year, which is amazing when he's out of 43 outings. Yeah. So, you know, you figure four or five out of 43 is a very, very small, small uh, percentage there. So he has been so good, especially as a lefty who, you know, there's challenges for the left-handed pitchers out of the bullpen now having to face three batters. You know, a lot of them were used to just coming in to face a batter or two and that's it. So, yeah, uh, this will certainly upgrade Oakland's bullpen. Uh, I'm not going to act like I know anything about Greg Diekman, uh, who is going back to Chicago. Uh, reading his stats here, well, he was a sec- he was a second round pick in 2017, which means that uh, the Cubs certainly uh, value him pretty highly, or at least did at one point value him pretty highly. And he has a 127 weighted runs created plus this season at triple a so uh yeah that's a guy who could produce uh in potentially next year for uh the cubs yeah the cubs don't have 
a ton of star talent in the outfield or anything. Certainly not pieces that they wouldn't be willing to move for a high-level prospect. So I certainly could see him finding time late this year, early next year, probably early next year, seeing the level of rebuild they're going to be doing. There's no reason to start his clock at the end of the year unless they have to. But this is going to be a guy with a lot of power. I mean, we're talking plus, plus, plus raw power for this guy. And, of course, not only could that translate well at Wrigley, it can translate well at a couple of parks in that division. But overall, that's just a fun fun brand of basketball or not basketball geez a fun brand of baseball for anyone watching if he can iron out the rest of this I mean you're looking at possibly a below average certainly a below average hit tool for him um two, 204 batting average this season am I getting that correctly yes uh no 300 batting average at AAA slash 332,449. Yep. My bad. Either way, um, grades don't come out to that level. So this is a guy who, again, if he can keep up at that pace, prove everybody, everybody who's been watching him over these past couple of years wrong that he can develop that, then he could become a really nice hitter for this lineup, at least in the interim before they get ready to make a run and maybe slots into the late the back half of that lineup next time they're like fully competitive now lj i want to ask you a question here just like something that i kind of noticed like oakland so they don't want to pay their their star players that are going to walk in free agency but they have no uh problem just dishing out extra cash to help bolster this bullpen i mean we saw them go after trevor rosenthal in the offseason we've seen them very aggressively go after other relievers just seems like they value the relievers a lot higher than most teams do and don't and have don't have a problem spending money on them instead of position players no they don't i mean you look at other successful teams that sometimes take a very similar mindset to them, like a Tampa. Tampa's very, very built on relievers. The difference between them and Tampa is the fact that Oakland hasn't really developed consistently good relievers. Hmm. They're going outside a lot for it. So they end up instead using a bulk of their money that they would be using to spend on relief help rather than the lineup, whereas Tampa doesn't have any money to spend. They're just going to go out there and do that. But no, you're right. Well, uh... Uh, I will also say, as for this um, deal for Chicago, this will certainly not be the last time we say their name. The more I, the more I see the way the market is going right now, I would be genuinely shocked if there was a single star player left on Chicago or Minnesota by the end of this deadline. I think they're both going to go. They're going to they're going to write the ship by just full wipe clean correction. So yeah, look out for that. 
this will not be the last time we are we already knew that this wouldn't be the last time but just a reminder there is no way that the rest of these guys if chafin's already gone won't go yeah and the fact that we're getting a ninth prospect a top 10 prospect for chafin bodes very well for the return they're getting for kimbrell absolutely uh and you know whether it's craig kimbrell uh chris bryant anthony rizzo javi baez Wilson Contreras, really, they're open to trading everyone. So uh, interested to see the move Chicago makes here. Uh, very important turning point for their their franchise this week. Isn't that crazy, though, that, like, a lot of franchises' futures kind of come down to this week, like, in a way? Oh, yeah. And it, it's a lot more than normal because I feel like, for some reason, maybe – I haven't been noticing it because I haven't been looking close enough, but it feels like more franchises than normal are getting a wake-up call this year. Like there seems to be more teams that are finally realizing one we might be talking about, or no, one we will be talking about later might be getting that call. I still can't tell that they need to just wipe things clean, start over and hope to get things right next time because there's no, there's no making this roster work. I, I feel like this doesn't happen nearly as much as now. So now you have the teams that are really competitive. You have a lot of teams that think they can still be competitive that are going out here and trying to change their history in the current for the better or future for the better. And then the long-term teams as well that are finally ready to say, okay, let's, let's start moving forward elsewhere in another way. Well, certainly a team that is a long-term rebuild is the Pittsburgh Pirates, and they continue to offload some assets as they deal right-handed reliever Clay Holmes to the New York Yankees in exchange for uh, minor league infielder Hoi Jun Park, who uh, had been up just last week on the Yankees' major league roster and has been absolutely crushing it at AAA. And also a very young player in Diego Castillo, not the reliever on Tampa Bay. It just happens to have the same name, same spelling prospect in the Yankees organization. Clay Holmes, uh, obviously the main part of this deal has been pitching for the Pirates out of their bullpen uh, for this season. Uh, And look, when you look at his ERA, it's 4.93. However, it's not those stats that the uh, Yankees are exactly looking at. Uh, look, he has a 23.3 strikeout percentage uh, and a 72.8 ground ball rate. I mean, 72.8% ground ball rate. He is absolutely the man that the Yankees should have had in the game yesterday. Uh had he been on the team just a day earlier, you know, that would have been the guy that we would have wanted against the Red Sox with a runner on first and second and no outs. But instead, we left Johnny Lasagna out there to die. But, I mean, look, it's going to be interesting to see how this guy pitches because the one set I didn't mention, he has a 13.2% walk rate. So, sure, when guys are hitting the ball, it's put on the ground. But – he also just walks an enormous amount of batters, which 
doesn't fare well for most relievers. However, in 35 of his 42 appearances this year, he has pitched scoreless innings. So 4.93 ERA, but has only allowed runs in seven out of 42 appearances. The thing is, is that when he gets, when he allows runs, he gets absolutely hammered. Like it's four runs, it's five runs, uh, and only one or two outs of work. So, uh, yeah, look, the Yankees clearly, I mean, I would be surprised if they go after anyone else. Uh, this is a guy who has three more years of service time after this year. So, look, if, if he's able to pitch well enough, he'll be able to stick around on the roster, kind of like what Luis Sessa did after that trade the Yankees made with the Tigers a couple years ago. And, uh, yeah, should be uh, fun to watch another arm out of the Yankees bullpen who's not the big Sally Sal Romano or Brooks Krisky. Brooks Krisky. Um, Brandon, what are your overall thoughts on Ho- Ho- sorry, Hoy Park for the Pirates? I mean, this is a guy who can certainly make an impact in the transition years for them. Yeah, uh, look, Hoy Park was certainly a Yankees Twitter fan favorite this year. Has been, I'm going to pull up his triple a stats right now uh, what do you, which ones do you want actually actually i think i have right here 327 batting average 475 on base percentage 567 slash line i mean they i don't need to really tell you that's over a thousand ops very very good along with 10 homers nine doubles there at triple a and uh, he's the- also walking 20 percent of the time Good to know. That would be that would I believe be a league uh, high in the MLB. Had he, uh, you know, if you if you compare that number to guys in the league, but look, Hoy Park is has has been killing it the whole year. The Yankees just never really liked him. I mean, they never called him up until they were absolutely forced to. And even when they were forced to, the he was on the roster for a whole weekend and saw one pinch hit appearance late in a blowout. I mean, the Yankees kind of gave him the Tyro Estrada treatment. Uh, Tyro Estrada was a Yankees player who, while not the highest regarded prospect like Hoy Park is, uh, just killed it in the minor leagues. The Yankees just kind of were like, eh, like, we just like – we just think you're completely overperforming. Called him up for a little bit in the 2019 and 2020 season. Didn't do much offensively. Yankees trade him to the Giants. Ends up uh, being a 154 OPS plus player in 22 games for them this year. So, look, Hoy Park could certainly provide some immediate value there in Pittsburgh. It's not like they have a lot of guys in the outfield that are biding for time. Sure, you have Brian Reynolds, but other than that, not sure that Ben Gamble or Gregory Polanco, for that matter, like he's on the last year of a contract. Just don't think that they it's that big of a deal that they're in the way. So, yeah, uh, Hoy Park could absolutely be an impact piece for Pittsburgh uh, within the next, uh, honestly, this year and within the next few years. Also, it should be noted that Hoy Park wasn't on the 40-man roster for the Yankees. That's probably one of the reasons why he uh, wasn't being called up. The way the MLB has the COVID rules, 
if you're called up as a COVID replacement, you don't have to go on the 40-man roster, which is probably why the Yankees didn't want to call him up in the first place, right? Having to make a 40-man roster spot would have been tough to, to begin with, would have had to either a DFA or trade someone. So you might as well trade this guy who, look, the Yankees clearly think that his, his value is at its peak right now. And the Pirates don't see it that way. And all across Pittsburgh was a reliever that the Yankees could really use right now. So in my opinion, this could absolutely be a win-win for both teams should play Holmes uh, to be able to stick around on the Yankees for a few years. This is a word of advice for anyone who doesn't know what's going on these days. There's nothing more valuable to the Yankees than Clint Frazier's option here. Yeah, no. Would hate to deal. Well, but the th- see, the thing is, people have talked about, they're like, oh, well, why don't you, you just a DFA Clint? It's like, okay, so you do that and you, and you use his option. What trade value does he then have when teams are like, wait a minute, didn't you just DFA that guy? And now you're trying to offload him on us just as like a throw in uh, some deal. Like that's but wasn't wasn't um what's his face? Uh plays uh Greg Allen. Wasn't he on the 40 man? Uh I believe so. I believe he just got put on the 40 man because we had made a spot, but honestly, I'd rather have him on the 40 man than um Hoy Park because Greg oh. Allen's been the best player on the Yankees for the past like week. Oh, I as well. He has a, a skill set that the Yankees sorely needed. And it just, you know, it's it still blows my mind because again, when you've got guys like that, I don't know, maybe it's just me thinking I could I'm I don't think I could be a man uh general manager. However, if I was in that position. I would rather have that stuff. Like I, I, I can see now what those types of guys could bring to the table, or at least to Greg Allen. I feel like those times, in times of desperation, like they've had with the offense this year, at some point you probably should have gotten to the point where you kind of had to force yourself to make a spot somewhere on that forty man. But yeah, no, I agree. That's it's it's an odd situation with Hoy Park and the Yankees proper because they brought up out multiple outfielders to use in place of him throughout that series as guys kept getting hurt. Yeah, no, Ryan, Lamar, Trey, Ambergie, let's not forget we traded for Tim LaCastro, uh, just kind of a revolving door there. Giancarlo Stan unable to get in the outfield. So listen to this, LJ, you'll actually like this. Had Chris Gittens not gotten hurt prior to Sunday's game, Stanton would have been playing left field. However, because Chris Gittens got hurt, the Yankees were like, well, now that we have to change up our our uh, defensive alignment, uh, we're not going to have Stanton play left field. So it's like, okay, well, the Yankees are playing the Rays this week. Oh, well, Stanton can't get hurt by the turf monster. So – he can't play in the outfield until next weekend. Well, here's my question. Is this going to be a one-series thing? Because they've, they've been talking about Stanton playing the field in Miami for a month now. However, they haven't alluded to anything other than that. 
So if you have him out there for that Miami series, is he all of a sudden done playing the field after that? Because with the way this team has gone and the rate this is, things have been going, that's not really acceptable. Okay, but I have a question yeah. also for you. Does it matter at that point? At this point, does it matter? Like in, in August, like the Yankees are out of it. I mean, look, we're three and a half out of a wild card. And unless we showed some sort of urgency at the deadline, like honestly, if I'm the Yankees, there's no reason to go out and buy pieces, right? There's no reason to. When the, our farm system has performed as well as it has this year, and look, I understand that all, an abnormal amount of players in the Yankees farm system are having outstanding years, and some of those guys are not going to get better than they are right now. I get that. And I'm sure the Yankees front office is trying to look at that and be trying to trying to figure out which guys are going to get better than this or project to be better than this. It must be just a, an absolutely hair pulling job, but I, I don't know. It's, I don't think that they should really make that many moves. You shouldn't be going after anyone big unless you have control on them for next year. There's no point to make a rental deal because quite frankly, I don't think trading for anyone is going to help us get out of this three and a half game uh, deficit. We have best case. We get the second wild card in a playoffs that, I mean, we're not a good team. Like we don't play good baseball. I would, not pick us to go very far if, if we were to make a wild card game. If well, some... I think what I think what you're trying to say there, correct me if I'm wrong, is the fact that this team has not shown in any major series a propensity to play for one game. Yeah, well, you know, there has been series though, like we sweep the White Sox in May at home, and that's like okay, like that's a big series for us. They, they beat Houston two out of three. I mean, they beat the Red Sox in a couple series. I mean, in, in that series right after the All-Star break, the Yankees, you know, taking two or three in that series, at least it was – Yeah, but that, that series is that normality because of the desperation of the roster. I think – yeah, my thing is, like, would you say that – with the way that the Yankees play the, the statistically the analytically based like season projection way that this entire team has been built is going to fare well against most other teams when it comes down to a one game wild card. Look, look in, in the I would, past, like, I would like the chances the less. In the past, it's it has certainly worked, but not not this team. Not it's it's not happening, especially with. No, it's just it's just a matter of the makeup this year, and that's that's fine. Um, but in my opinion, if I'm un, if I'm operating under your spot, I'm not a hundred percent ready to say the Yankees are definitively out of it yet. However, if I'm operating under the assumption that the Yankees are no longer going to, are no longer in con, serious contention. For the wild card, then if that's the case, the first thing I I do is I'm not doing anything at this deadline, not even for multi-controller guys, not even not no rentals, no two-year guys, no three years guys right now, because what's the point for making that deal now? 
Granted, well, there's a lot of guys out there. However, you have to think to some logic, with some logic, there you're going to be able to get at, at, at maximum equal asking price for the same type of guy in the winter as you would be right now. Yes. Logically, for most of them, it would be lower. You have one lot or months less of a year of control over these guys. You're not paying the extra players for a half a season. That doesn't matter. And I don't think there's a lot of big ticket multi-year guys that are going to be on the move this year that the Yankees would be of interest in. So if that's the case, then you're not really missing out on anybody by doing it. Like you're not going to, you're not going to be in a situation where you're like, Oh, we want this guy. We're going to wait to trade for him in November, but then the Brewers trade for him in the, at the deadline. And all of a sudden they're not dealing. Like, I don't think that's a situation that they're going to find this year. You know, I think there's names and I look, I don't know exactly who, I mean, that's, that's what the beauty of the trade deadline is, is you just don't know who is up for grabs. I, I certainly think that they are looking at names um, for multi-years uh, of control after this. And I think they see what the Mets did in 2019. If you remember, the Mets were out of it in 2019 at a point, like right around the trade deadline. Like they more than likely didn't, we're not going to be making the playoffs. They trade for Marcus Stroman, and it's like, okay, like, yeah, sure, the Mets probably aren't going to make the playoffs, but he can help them now. And then it's like, okay, well, the 2020 season happened, and it's like, oh, wait, he can still opt into his qualifying offer, which is exactly what he does. And now look at them. He's been, he's been pitching really good for the Mets, and that was because they were like, we're kind of out of it. Let's trade for a guy who we're going to have control over for this half a season or I guess now a less than half a year, 10 starts or whatever. And then you have them for the whole next year. I mean, I don't think that's bad. It's just kind of like free agency, but you have so many more options. And with the Yankees farm system being with those players performing as good as they have this year, I think this would be the perfect time to try to target someone like that. I mean, it makes sense because you're going to be getting them at a much cheaper price than you would in free agency. Uh, and I don't know how much the Yankees are going to be active in free agency. Like, would it really make sense to go over the luxury tax for next year at this current moment? Like, probably not. I mean, we have to see what the CBA does if they screw around with some kind of salary floor, however that works, and they, and they get rid of a the uh, the tax or however exactly it ends up panning out but right now like what it, what exactly what move could you even make in the offseason with the projected free agents that immediately makes this team better does like bringing in trevor story or javi Baez or one of these shortstops really put this team over the edge i mean i, I don't think so i really don't think so they're probably a piece away from being a piece away but I will leave you with one bit of excitement. I did hear that there is growing interest in one Mr. Michael Pintar Pineda, perhaps a return to the Bronx is in order. Hey, that would, I would be okay with that. I would love to see that, especially when 
it gets to the point of the year where the Yankees are out of it. It's going to be beautiful to sit back and just watch some of these young prospects who I'm presuming will just call up at that point. Just sit back and watch baseball and look for the future. Not have to stress about a team that is clearly not a top team in the league uh, trying to fight for a playoff spot. It just, I mean, I always say this, but one of the biggest things a team does in sports is being able to identify where they're at. And right now the Yankees should not be going for it. That's just how I see it and how a lot of people uh, see it. Anyway, after another 15-minute Yankee segment on this non, on this non-big market bias sports show, let's get into some of the uh, games and stories of today. One of which would be another very very common trend, particularly with the seven-inning doubleheaders, is another split one for the team that is the king or kings of the doubleheader, the New York Mets. The Atlanta Braves defeat. The New York Mets in game one of this doubleheader earlier today, 2-0. The win will be given to Kyle Muller, who's a loss to Marcus Stroman before the makeup of a May 30th game for the two of them gets played right afterwards. And the Mets win this one, 1-0, thanks to a run in the fifth. Trevor May gets the win here for the Mets. They need to start hitting on some of these. I mean, again, I know it's a statistically improbable for it to not be split. However, if the Mets want to get any ground in this division, they have to start putting away a couple of these and preferably the ones that are against division opponents. I believe most of them are. Yeah, I mean, look, it's to score one combined run in two games and the Braves score two combined runs in two games that's not going to win you a doubleheader and the Mets have to go with a bullpen game in game two and they sneak out a one nothing victory. Well, LJ, you know, I think you're right. We rarely see teams use two starters in doubleheaders now. And I feel like in the past teams were always using two starters in doubleheaders. It was just like, okay, that's how it is. But now teams have been getting so creative using these, these bullpen guys. The Mets and Braves then have to play three more days in a row, remember. So Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment, bedsheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bedsheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. 
Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. You know, for the Mets to be out here using six pitchers in game two of the doubleheader, and sure, you get that extra man up because of the doubleheader, but I don't know. The, yeah, the, the I just... Com- the, I was just going to say the, the three combined runs between both teams has to be very close to a record for least combined runs between both teams in a doubleheader. Yeah, and I'm just still not a fan of the bullpen game. I know statistically it must be the right thing to do. It must be a great idea. But it just seems to me why put so much stress on a group of relievers, especially when we've seen it all the time, but more so with relief than starting, that some days you have it, some days you don't. And you're now asking if you want to get through a game, if you're the Mets particularly, who are 29th in the league and runs scored, if you're going to ask them to go out there and win a game as a bullpen, then you're asking all six of these pitchers to be lights out that day. For me, you already get this extra spot. I would just as soon bring up your next starter or prep prep your AAA starter on your 40 man to be ready to go on that day, bring him up that day, send him down the next. It just seems like a more logical way, but I guess the Mets aren't going to be, aren't going to learn until they're burned. And the way this division is going, they're not going to get burnt. Uh, Braves are two games under 500. The only team that really had a, stood a chance of, oh, stands a chance of beating them is the Phillies, who almost lost to the Nats tonight. It was a th- three runs in the bottom of the ninth for the Phillies to win 6-5 as Brad Hand blows another save here. So it's like th- they're, they're getting bailed out time and time again. So I'm starting to walk back my midseason manager of the year pick here because this team doesn't seem to learn. This team hasn't seemed to fix any of its problems. It's just gotten the fortune of having incompetency around them. Yeah, and they're sitting, are they now 50 and 49? Is that right? They're a game above 500 because they were the at yeah, I think they were yes, 500. 50 and 49. Okay, so they're a game above 500. They're three games back of the lead by the Mets. Not a lot of teams are in that situation where you can be at 500 and still within a four-game series sweep of the lead in your division. And look, I mean, it's LJ, we've seen it time and time again where the Mets – fall apart in the last two months of the year i'm not saying that that is going to happen but it is certainly a possibility we don't know what's happening with jacob Degrom. we there's just a lot of uncertainty right now i think the nl east lj is that fair to say it's the most wide open division i don't know probably the nl west but the nl east is very wide open right now just because 
even the Braves, who are a game under 500 now, still, they're only four games back. I mean, a game under 500, and they still have a convincing chance, really, to get into a uh, playoff spot. And remember, we could th- this all could change within a week's worth of games to where it's a two-game lead, a one-game lead. So we really got to keep a close eye on this because one of these teams, like the Braves or the Phillies, could end up just sneaking away with this. Anyway, let's move on into our next topic here, and that is going to be going over to monitor these Kansas City Royals. They beat the White Sox tonight. This makes it, I have to check that's the actual accurate. Yep. So this is now six consecutive wins for the Royals. They're on another win streak, and they are now out of the cellar once again, two games clear of the Minnesota Twins, who are now last place in the AL Central. Brendan, are you in the same mindset as me that the Kansas City Royals might be the most confusing team in baseball? I mean, you look at it, 43 and 55, but they have been at multiple semi-long points in the year. The division leader, last in the division, middle of the pack. They consistently find a way within they, – they go into at least two modes every month at different points where they're either a really nice core that they could build around soon, or they're a, we need to blow up every semi-quality player in this roster and just get ready for Bobby Witt Jr. to come up and get them ready for that type of prime. Um, I just, they're the team I was referencing earlier when I said teams that might've seen the light might not have seen the light because I can't tell where they want to go. I I personally don't even know what I think of this roster. Yeah, and the ownership, they really don't know what direction to go either. Because, look, Kansas City's a small baseball market. And the, the ownership every year at least tries to put a competitive product out there. They don't really believe in rebuilding fully rebuilding. They always believe that that there should be a competitive product out there. They want to appease the fans, which quite frankly, LJ, I think me and you can both agree. I wish that more teams would do that. Absolutely. However, when you do that, you kind of handcuff yourself because when you have teams going full rebuild, well, they're absolutely just stockpiling assets. When you have Kansas City, that's like, one foot in the door, one foot out the door, trying to just like, like, what is their goal with the roster this year? I mean, they're not trying to rebuild. They're not really selling off any of their pieces, but they also don't have, like, yes, they have a few top prospects, but other than that, they don't have a lot of depth in their farm system. It's not a very good farm system. So it's like, where, what is the goal here overall? Because you trade for Andrew Benintendi, which would seem like, a win now piece like I feel like you're not trading for him to be good in five years that was more of a buy low piece than a win now piece in my opinion but I'm glad it's worked out for him look I think I have an answer to what they thought they were this year and frankly I also have a 
case for what I think they should do before we head out into a brief commercial break here. Um, this, this season going into it, I think I can get into the ownership's head here. They're saying, okay, let's add some decent major leaguers in here and let's give this a trial run, see if this team, this core has anything in it. Like if there's any substance to it. And I think we might have found some of it does have some of these guys do have substance to them and that pieces of this group could work towards being a very proficient roster in the future. Now, you might call me crazy for this, but I'm going to bring up one of the oldest tricks for any sports video game fans in the book here. And it's honestly exactly what Kansas City should be doing right now. And that is until they have a team that they are satisfied with, they need to be taking, they need to be buying some of these solid major leaguers like a Carlos Santana, buy them on the cheap like they did. If they're not competitive, if they're competitive, keep going. However, if they're not competing for anything at the deadline, ship a bunch of them off. Go ahead and send uh, Jorge Soler out the door. Go ahead and send, oh gosh, I'm not sure. Who else do you want, Brandon? Well, like, I feel like a guy like Jorge Soler should have been traded like three years ago because the Royals were in this exact same situation three years ago. Yeah, but I mean, again, that's a little different when he had so much expiring, so much time left. But like, you see what I mean? If you give, if you get these guys on cheap deals and are able to get them to pan out like this, you can then start shipping, shipping them out for some form of prospect package each year. I think the most realistic way that Kansas City can both put a competitive product out there for the majority of the year and still rebuild, sort of rebuild and build towards the future, the best way for them to do that would be just turn and burn some of these uh, everyday major leaguers, these two war guys, one, two war guys, and hope you build something out of that just get quantity of prospects yeah uh i think one of the guys if if we were going to do some more names scott barlow yep has been having a fantastic season for them in the bullpen uh he could certainly be on the move and i mean look i do like some of these pieces they have here for the future i think that that a brady singer is going to be a really good starting pitcher still he uh certainly was a very high highly touted prospect they have bobby witt jr who is a top 10 prospect in the league and uh should be making his mlb a debut next year and it projects to be a very very skilled uh infielder asa lacy who uh, was, I believe, their first-round draft pick two years ago. He's a top-pitching prospect. He's a top-30 prospect in the league. So they have potential here. Of course, you still have Salvador Perez at catcher. You just inked him to that long-term deal prior to the season starting. So they have potential here. It's just what are the right moves to make? Because – it's either you go, like LJ said, you, you flip those guys while you can and you get good prospect packages, or you go out and you spend in free agency and try to compete soon. But you can't do both, in my opinion, because that's, 
just going to leave you stuck in this kind of state of purgatory where you're just a very volatile team year after year and you just really don't know what the Royals are going to do every year. Um, in terms of other names, if we're continuing to throw them out there that I think deserve being brought up, I think Danny Duffy, granted we have not seen enough of him this year because of injury. However, he has shown flashes of being one of that, those guys, one of that type that peaks after 30. The, not the guys that usually follow the same athletic path of being in their prime around 27, 28 that most do and then falling off as they get into their 30s. There are a lot of pitchers that peak in their late in their mid to late 30s, even if you want to main, name position players, Nelson Cruz. There's a lot of guys in baseball who are incredibly successful in their 30s. I think Danny Duffy could be that guy. Chris Bubich, his start to the year was abysmal. However, week by week, we continue to see bigger and better flashes out of that young man. And I think we could be up for a pretty big turnaround in the back half of the year, perhaps a great start to next year in a very similar way to how Casey Mize took a very long time to adjust to the major league level. I'm not saying they're the same level of player. However, I think I could see that kind of track coming for a comparable level of performance. Absolutely. And look, if you want to go with the comparison route, like the guy I just brought up, uh, Brady Singer, just like Casey Mize, very highly touted prospect who has struggled to start his career. So whether it is Chris, Chris Bubich or Brady Singer or even another starting pitcher who they just off, Daniel Lynch, who uh, was one of their top pitching prospects, and he's a lefty. And he has actually had quite a good last uh, two weeks pitching, but it was a very rough start for him. That's why the ERA numbers look as bad as they do. But a lot of young talent. It's a very young pitching staff right now. And, uh, yeah, it's really about making the right moves, uh, not only here at the, at the trade deadline, but being able to withhold from spending too much money in free agency over the next few years. Save that to when you have these prospects where you want them, you have a good core, and then you can just add to that uh, where you need to fill spots. But uh, I believe we are going to go to a – commercial break and we'll be right back after this all right welcome back to the mlb daily pod uh for this last two segments uh we're going to talk about two uh, i guess you could call them stars one certainly more of a superstar than the other uh, yes, and some more potential trades. Uh, LJ, how about this this first story we're going to talk about? This was certainly a guy that is surprised to see his name, honestly, because I feel like he just has such an immense value. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking here. Yeah, you got Trey, Trey Turner potentially drawing interest. Are you a little surprised that they're even listening to anything about him? Absolutely, and... You know, the weird thing about this, so their uh, GM, 
the Nats GM, Mike Rizzo. He spoke about how his team's been playing leading up to the trade deadline. And he said he was talking about whether or not they were going to operate as buyers or sellers. Well, since those comments, they've gone one and four. Uh, they got swept by the Orioles in Baltimore and lost to Miami. So it hasn't gone great. Uh, and look, there's certainly no indication that Washington would sell off. They're kind of in a situation like the Yankees where they have so much dedicated in payroll that it's kind of tough to sell off right now. They don't have a, a lot. I mean, they have a lot of expiring deals. But other than really Max Scherzer, I don't see why you would want to break up the Trey Turner Juan Soto package when Turner's only 28 years old. They must just be floating his name out there to try to get teams excited, but they would need an absolutely massive. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready return uh to deal him he is quite frankly one of the more valuable players in the entire league probably top is it fair to say top 12 in terms of value in the league right now top 15 especially because of the position he plays Um, i mean he's he's certainly up there when you include oh he's uh, he's very high up there i just i always freeze when anyone tries to bring bring up top numbers mm. just because of the wide variety of players i'm trying to think he is certainly he's easily top five for me in his position so yes he has to be close he is within the top 25 yeah that probably would have been a better number to use but lj when you're talking about trading for a top 25 asset in the league it's going to take some top prospects some guys that are going to be able to play within a year uh and if the Nats do pull the trigger uh you know I would be really surprised now certainly I would say that he's more an extension candidate than a trade candidate because Mm -hmm. he is only 28 years old and seems like that would make more sense. The Nats like to spend money. They're over $200 million for their payroll this year. Sure, they do have that. They do have some, some money coming off the books. If they trade Max Scherzer, then clearly they won't be re-signing him after this year in free agency. So 
maybe an extension is more likely. Maybe they're putting it this on the table now to then extend him. I don't really know, but just strange that I when I saw that his name was gonna be um out there. And if it is, then we could see potentially three of the top five shortstops in the league switching teams within a uh, a year from now. Like a year from now, three of the top five shortstops could be on separate teams. Yeah, in all likelihood, I think this is probably gauging what they should offer him. Because ideally, ideally, you want to lock up Trey Turner before this offseason starts. You already have the Tatis deal to compete with, which he should not be getting the same, although with the age, it may be similar. However, you already had Villandor and Tatis deals setting market. You had, I'm trying to think of what other major shortstops have gone recently. Well. Which ones before this offseason? It really hasn't. Yeah, there really hasn't been the the Bogarts extension is the only one that comes to mind, but that was kind of a hometown discount thing, so that really doesn't help him at all. Oh, um, Tim Anderson got an extension, right? Uh, Right. But still, again, not nearly helping his case. Nothing helps his case more than Correa and Seager and Trevor Story for that. And Trevor, Trevor Story. Yeah. Um. Um, once again, this turns into a Trevor Story slander podcast. Are we really um, dissing Javi Baez like that, too? Are you oh, okay? Javi. Oh, our favorite. Give me Javi over Trevor any day. Wow. Um, but no, my point being, if I'm Washington, I want to go look, see what teams are offering me, and see if that gives me a better idea of where I should come in for an extension based on overall what these other teams are valuing him at. If you can find any way to justify price to prospect talent, then that's how you're going to be able to decide, okay, this is the number we're offering Trey Turner and we're going to try to get him locked up before he even gets a chance to sniff what Corey Seager makes. Absolutely agree. But uh, let's move into our last segment going to talk about Jose Barrios, uh, some talk heating up with him. Of course, the Minnesota pitcher, like LJ mentioned earlier, the Twins are going to be selling off. It's kind of a competition competition between the Twins and the Cubs as to who can sell off more assets in the next four days. Yeah, LJ, tell us a little bit about uh, Jose Barrios and the few teams that he's been linked to. Yeah, really, this is something that came out, I want to say, four o'clock today, three, four o'clock today, that talk was heating up about a potential Jose Barrios move. And the two names that were linked there were NL West rivals, the Dodgers and the Padres. Frankly, I wasn't shocked, but this was the least likely move. I was thinking I would see get heated up because I didn't think that Minnesota would be actively trying to trade him. Would they listen to calls? Would they accept a good offer? Yes. However, from the fact that things are heating up with multiple teams, it means to me that they have been equally active in these trades talks 
I always assumed, look, you're a small market in baseball with two guys that are going to garner decent um, sums of money in the next, not this year, but next year in Jose Barrios and Byron Buxton. So you you were incapable of keeping both of them. And to me, Jose Barrios was of greater value than Buxton. You've already heard that Buxton's contract extension talks were going nowhere. Odds are he, if they can get somebody to take on his injury risk, will be out of there before this this trade deadline. So I assumed that they were going to try to lock up Jose Barrios. But apparently their former first-round pick, that isn't in the cards for them. What do you think of those two destinations, Brandon? Well, first I want to say, uh, I think the reason why they want to trade him this year, it would make sense to trade him, especially because he has a year left of um, control next year, just because you're going to be able to get a higher value for him. Like, I mean, let's say that he does somehow stink next year and it's not good. You're not going to want to trade him. I mean, you're, you're going to wish that you trade him last year when you were terrible i mean we're not projecting the twins to be good next year there's really no reason why you stick around and be on the roster for next year especially under arbitration twins trade him now they can get a good prospect return and i think the dodgers is the more likely scenario i mean you think about the starting pitching lj we talked about how deep the dodgers starting pitching was at the start of the year it has falling apart right now i mean clayton kershaw dustin may both out right now of course uh, dustin may goes down in may with tommy john surgery clayton kershaw has that forearm inflammation he's been out since july 4th then you bring in trevor bauer he still hasn't played in weeks now and Looks like the Dodgers team really. Yeah, that's that's what we were. I was going to segment um, transition overall the talk about him going to the Dodgers into is the fact that it makes so much sense because I feel like if I'm the Dodgers right now and the issue I'm dealing with is health, and there's a decent chance that you could get a guy like Kershaw back and make this rotation look semi healthy, then you have to go into the trade deadline assuming that it's going to be healthy at the end of the year. So you don't end up with a ridiculous positional depth at this spot. Like if you end up going into it, let's say all of a sudden everybody comes back, they're perfectly healthy, they're good to go. And you've traded for two starting pitchers or even a starting pitcher who doesn't convert necessarily well to the bullpen. All of a sudden you're out of luck and you've just got, you've just wasted time when you could have gone and got somebody that fits your needs in the postseason better however this fits great for the Dodgers because of this report of course that Brandon was about to get into that the vast majority of Trevor Bauer's LA Dodger teammates do not want him back on the roster once he is done with his time on the commissioner's list for his domestic violence investigation yeah, and I mean, I don't blame the Dodgers. I cannot imagine how awkward of a situation that must have been for those first few days after it came out and he was still on the team. But it certainly does make sense for them to want to trade for a starting pitcher because 
right now you don't want David Price in that starting rotation. I mean, I'm sorry, but he's 30. Slander. He's been a no. He's, he's been Fine. good on the bullpen. But I mean, right now you got Josiah Gray, who you just called up. He's your number one prospect, and you had to call him up and stick him in the starting rotation. Sure, he's going to be a fantastic pitcher, but he was not expecting to come up this year. He was about your ninth option for starting pitchers. I mean, you got Tony Gonsolin in there, David Price. They could really use another starter, and who better than Jose Barrios? They get another year of control on him, especially if they're not going to have Trevor Bauer. You figure he will opt out of his contract or something. I Actually, I don't know if he'll opt out. However, they're going to end up approaching that situation. But um, as for the Padres, you know, I won't go too long on them because I did spend quite a bit analyzing their, their pitching situation on, I believe, uh, two, pod, two episodes ago. I mean, they're pretty stacked at starting pitcher, honestly. Like, Blake Snell's not been good. Chris Paddock's been all right. But, like, are you really okay moving Ryan Weathers back to the bullpen? I mean, I guess that's okay. But he's been so good starting for you lately. I don't know how he would approach that role. And, you know, just bringing in Jose Barrios. So even if you do move Ryan Weathers to the bullpen, now you have four righty starters and your only lefty starter is Blake Snell, who has not been good and is walking an obscene amount of batters this year, already 51 walks and only 80 innings. So, you know, I I really don't know if the Padres are going to make a move certainly AJ Preller their GM says they aren't done and we've seen them go out and make moves that we didn't think they were going to make so it would not surprise me but I think that the LA Dodgers is a lot more likely especially when you consider the prospects I think I I think he is the best fit on the Dodgers but I'm going to repeat the exact same thing I said yesterday when we had this conversation it doesn't it doesn't matter your spot that he he fits preller has said they're going after pitching they're going to go after pitching the best thing i think and i i I genuinely do not think that ryan weathers is bound for that bullpen i i don't see how you could put him there what they're making right now is they're making a postseason roster that's what they're building out for they see how weak the rest of the teams trying to get into this wild card are they see that they could even make another run, make a run at the Dodgers. They could make a run at the Giants at this point. They're ready to fill out a postseason roster. And the first thing you're doing if you're getting a postseason four-man rotation is you are getting Blake Snell way the hell out of there. I don't care what you gave up for him in the offseason. I don't care how good he was once. I don't care how, he, how much he was supposed to be one of the faces of the franchise going into the year. This guy has sucked, and he will continue to suck. He's not going to magically get better when the calendar turns to October. You need another pitcher. With that being said, they need a lefty. If you're making a postseason rotation here, it's going to be Darvish. It's going to be Musgrove. It's going to be Weathers. Ideally, you want another lefty in there to replace Snell. So that's why they're probably going to go in another direction other than Jose Barrios. However, if 
there's not another quality option available, I'd rather have him than I would Blake Snell in game three of the ALDS or game two of the ALDS. Three, three, three. Now, Jose Barrios is on a $6 million contract. So prorated, it's a little over two and a half million, probably. The Padres do not have very much room for the luxury tax. Right now, Fangraphs puts them at 203,700,000. So they have about 6.3 million to work with. Uh, I, LJ, I think, I, I think that AJ Preller said he would be okay with the going over the tax, but it would probably be a lot better for them if they didn't get if they don't go over the tax this year and go over it in the off season, because then it won't be two years in a row. The tax penalty is not nearly as strong. And I don't really think it's very necessary to go over the tax right now when you can make moves that would solidify what you need and not put you over the tax. But look, if they do it and they somehow land Scherzer or someone crazy that would require them to go over the tax, I guess that's all right because they're going all in. So Yeah, I'm never going to knock somebody for going over the tax and giving me an incredibly competitive team. But oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm fine with it even if they don't get like a superstar, but if you have the opportunity to go get a superstar and you don't because you don't want to go over the tax, then you are absolutely out of your mind. With that being said, I could very easily see them going over the tax even if they couldn't get a superstar because AJ Preller is a madman. He just added his fifth second baseman to the roster. So nothing is out of the question for this man. So that's about all I have here, Brandon. Any other additional thoughts before we head on out? No, I think that's a good place to end it by uh, saying that AJ Preller is an absolute madman. But uh, thank you for listening once again to the MLB Daily Pod. Check us out on all of our social medias at MLB Daily Pod. And uh, yeah, be sure to play our trivia game on our Twitter. And thank you for listening. We will be back tomorrow. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.